So I went off script in Lacondra this morning for one of the parish initiatives that they're undertaking. I didn't have time to write two homilies, so they got the extemporaneous homily. And it went well, so we're going to see how that goes here. May the Holy Spirit protect me from error, and may he protect you from a winding homily that can't land itself. (laughs) One of the formative experiences of my life, as with so many people, was high school. We learn a lot in high school. We learn a lot about ourselves and our thoughts about the world. I went to a Catholic high school, and so my sophomore year, we took morality class. Now, even by sophomore year, I knew that I was going to be pretty close to the top of my class. I was in all of the honors classes, and everybody who didn't know me was referring to me as the smart kid, which was not ideal, but okay, fine, whatever. So anyway, I'm in morality class, and I'm learning all of the teachings of the Catholic Church, and I am awed by them. I am floored by them, especially, and this is somewhat uncommon for someone who was born in 1988 and is considered a millennial. I don't know when that label stuck, but I grew up as Generation Y, and suddenly I'm a millennial. Anyway, I'm learning about the sexual teachings of the church, and I am moved by them. I think that they are beautiful and wise and wonderful, and that they protect us, and they protect our hearts, and they protect our relationships. And so, suddenly I find myself very at odds with my dominant society, and very in love with the Catholic Church. And the reason I fell in love with the Catholic Church is because when I learned these teachings, I saw that I was not the smartest person around. I might have been, by SAT scores and grades, the smartest person in the classroom, But I was so thankful to find an institution so much smarter than me. Because I knew just how flawed and sinful I was as a human being. Even as a sophomore in high school, I knew the sins that I struggled with. And I knew that if I ever relied on myself for anything, it was not going to go well. If I needed a philosophy of life, if I needed a code by which to live... I need to look for somebody much better than myself for that code. And when I was given the teachings of the Catholic Church, I said, this is it. This is where the wisdom of God resides. This is where I can look for something so much better and so much smarter than me. In fact, I had a nice reminder of my own flaws and sinfulness this morning. So, for a long time, I have been trying to get six matching candlesticks at St. Charles. And we... (laughs) We found three in the attic, one was missing the candle holder, and we found three more in Lyle Ovenel's barn uh, when he passed away. God bless him, he preserved a lot of things for our church, Um, and so we keep praying for him. But anyway, they were the wrong color, we painted them, we finally got the candle holders, and this week I brought them in, and we forgot to order followers. And I was like, well, that'll be fine, that'll be fine. Okay, so it's not fine, and uh, I owe a deep apology to um, Ethel Reese, who does our candles now, because, well, that's going to be a mess. But anyway, I have constant daily reminders of how flawed I am. I also forgot to warn our altar servers that I moved their candles, and anyway, I am a very flawed person. I have all these ideas, but I don't always execute them well. Fine. Well, it's just a constant reminder again, again, and again. I cannot rely on myself. I cannot rely on myself. For the things that are most important in my life, I cannot rely on myself. I have to rely on God. 
And so our first reading this morning is incredibly, incredibly important. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the one who trusts in human beings, who seeks his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. I think we all know the truth of that statement. I think we could all point to times in our lives where we have relied only on ourselves and not on the Lord, and we have felt cursed. In fact, the reading goes on, He is like a barren bush in the desert that enjoys no change of season, but stands in a lava waste, a salt and empty earth. That is a stark image. The middle of a desert, a lava waste, a salt and empty earth. If we rely only ourselves, we have no sustenance, we have no nutrition, we are not bringing anything in outside of ourselves. We're relying on ourselves, and I'm not saying that we're all completely depraved, that's a Calvinist philosophy, right? We don't have total depravity, but we do have a divided heart, right? We are created in the image and likeness of God, and we retain his goodness. We are also marked by original sin and marked by the sin of the world. And so it's not that everything that we do is evil. It's just that I don't trust myself. And that if I let myself decide where I'm going to go, I find myself in a desert. I find that I have made a wrong turn in Albuquerque. Right? It's just not going... Yeah, people, people who are older than I am get that joke. It's not going to end well for me. One of my favorite quotes in all the world, one of my favorite pieces of architecture in all the world, is the bell tower on Wellesley College's campus in Wellesley, Massachusetts, right next to where I went to school. It's an all-women's college known today for their militant secularism. But right in the middle of their campus, on their main bell tower, is written in Latin, Nisi Dominus Edificaverit Domum which is the first part of Psalm 127. Unless the Lord has built, will have built the house, in vain do the builders labor. Right? Beautiful. Unless the Lord builds the house, in vain do its builders labor. I bring all of this to you because it matters for our own life, but I think it might also explain some of the reasons why I do the things that I do at St. Charles. For example, in liturgical discussions, I always say, what does the book say? Because I don't trust myself. One, I'm not a creative person. So somebody's like, what should we do to make this special? And I'm like, I have no idea. I didn't even like coloring as a child, right? I don't like creativity. <laughs> but second, I have learned to trust the church, right? Which is kind of a hard thing to say in this era of sex abuse crises. Because the church herself has shown that she has divided heart, right? That, or at least the, the bishops entrusted to her care have a divided heart. But... I do still trust the church. I trust the 2,000 years of beautiful holy people praying and discerning, right? Our liturgies emerged from the human experience over millennia, and I trust that the Holy Spirit has guided that. And so, like, liturgically, I'm like, what does the book say? Let's just do whatever the book says, right? In everything else, too, in doctrine, in, in discussions, in teaching, in programs, I care a lot about watching where the Holy Spirit has guided the church over a very long period of time. Because if I rely on myself, or even if I rely on my current bishop, he's a wonderful holy man, right? But if he were ever to act in a way completely outside the traditions of the church, I would have a lot of questions. Because at that point, it looks like he would be relying on himself 
rather than the church, or rather than God, or rather than the Holy Spirit. Praise God, our bishop does not do that. I love him very much, right? But similarly, you should evaluate me in the same way. Am I relying on God and the gifts that God has given us in the church when I make decisions for our community? Or am I relying only on myself and my own preferences? If I ever do the latter, if I ever impose my will on you in a way that is not connected to God, know that I'm leading you into a desert wasteland. I don't want you to be there. Instead, as a community, I want us to be the second half of this reading. Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. He is like a tree planted beside the waters that stretches out its roots to the stream. It fears not the heat when it comes. Its leaves stay green. In the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still bears fruit. If we draw our sustenance from Jesus Christ and the teachings of the apostles given to us over the course of Catholic history, we have nothing to fear. We will continually be fed. We will continually soak in the nutrition given us by the stream that flows from the heart of Jesus Christ. No matter where we go, no matter what we do, if we remain united to him, and if we trust in him for our direction, if we trust in him for the life of our community and the direction of our community, if we pray to the Lord about where he wants to take St. Charles Parish, if we ask him the question, and if we give him the discernment, and we keep our hearts open to where he is leading us, we only have life ahead of us. We only have God ahead of us. We only have the stability of the Lord himself ahead of us. I trust Jesus. I trust his voice. I trust our prayer. I trust our discernment. And I trust, I trust the church that we have decided to belong to. I really do believe that it listens to the voice of Christ. And even when it fails to follow that voice, it has still discerned it somewhere. That somewhere in our teachings, somewhere in our liturgies, somewhere in our traditions, we see the will of Jesus Christ reflected. And I hope that together as a community we can continue to follow that voice. We can continue to ask Jesus where he's taking us. And we can always remain rooted in that life-giving stream that comes to us through Christ, his church, and the sacraments.